You're listening to Do You Hear Me Now? Amplifying Indigenous Voices, where every week we talk about Indigenous music's past, present, and future. Welcome, everybody, to Do You Hear Me Now? Amplifying Indigenous Voices. Today we have Scarlett Butler with us. That is Jody Delorier and Troy Coco. They are a husband and wife, and they make music together. So why don't you start and let us know where you came from, guys? So I'm from uh, Red Deer, Alberta, and uh, born and raised, and didn't get into music until a lot later in life, um, you know, and we'll, we'll talk a bit more about that. But, uh, you know, musically speaking, um, I'm, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm new, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm kind of like, um, you know, I'm emerging. <laughs> so, yeah. How about you, Joni? Uh, I'm actually from Swan River, Manitoba, and uh, I've you know, been writing songs since I was a teenager. I identify with all of the Taylor Swift's teenage angst because uh, I had some of some of that on my own. And uh, you know, the two of us really we met in two thousand the two thousand three um, at a songwriters event in Calgary, and uh, we both connected over um, writing country music, and uh, we. We actually exchanged numbers under the auspices of writing together, but we actually ended up dating first. So, uh, and then we eventually, yeah, started writing some songs together and it's done some cool stuff for us over the years. So that's kind of our little story of meeting. Yeah. That's really cute. Um, you said a songwriter is, what was it? Sorry. Songwriter is. Yeah, it's a songwriters event, and actually we still are quite involved with that songwriting community here in Calgary, but it's called the Calgary Songsmiths and what it's what it's known as today, um, and now we're quite involved with kind of the organizing of it, but at that point we were both just fairly new uh, to the songwriting community, and we met at a, just a routine meeting and uh, sort of... Yeah, and now, and now that group has she grown. She thought it was cute. Yeah, totally. And <laughs> I now totally that group, think it's cute. Yeah. I'm like, that. that's all right. The new dating scene is the songwriter's event. <laughs> yeah, totally. That's how it happens, yeah. folks. <laughs> but that group now has grown uh, in its, it's uh, we've got, you know, there's there's about six of us running it. And it's it's now the largest independent songwriter uh, uh, group in, in Canada. So cool. it's really wonderful. We should check that out. Sometimes. Oh, definitely. I'm yeah. super, yeah, super intrigued by that. I yeah. So that's kind of what drew me to you, Troy, is when I was working at Cousin Radio, they, uh, I read a bio of what you said you grew up in Red Deer. I, as well, grew up in Red Deer. So when I talked to you at the Alberta Showcase about that, that's why I wanted to ask you about it, like, what, what Red Deer was like for you. And I, how old are you, if you don't mind me asking? This, I'm 54 this this year. I turned 54, so. Okay, so I'm, I turned 49 this year. So that maybe that's why I don't remember, you know, remember you or whatever. I was trying to place you in my mind somewhere. Yeah. Red Deer's not a huge place, but it's pretty big. Yeah. Well. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'm a little bit younger than you, but yeah, that's that's a first here on this podcast. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. You don't look a day over 45. Thank you very much. <laughs> My smooth skin. I try to I try to keep clean shaven, so. Well, that's good. Yeah. So Scarlett Butler, where did you get the name for that? I got this cool pic from you guys at the Alberta Showcase, and so maybe you can tell us a little bit about your group. Yeah, well, so we've been, you know, performing together because we've, you know, we're 
18 years together and we've been writing songs for other people's projects primarily as songwriters um, and then we've also sort of solo released different projects under our own names so uh, Troy Cockle and Joni Delorier but uh, and we've always just like harmonized because we, we live in the same house and we know each other's songs cold and we've always just kind of chimed in whenever we've done songwriter circles together we like to perform together however this uh during the pandemic we were home together a lot and we've threatened to do a project together for years and years and just never really executed that and then we found ourselves you know at home and some of our sort of solo pursuits um had gotten quieter and so we decided that we would maybe now's the time to to make it happen and so we uh scarlet butler for us is uh we're going with the wind fans i'm a gone with the wind fan i love both the book and the movie and people don't realize but everybody knows of scarlet o'hara and Rhett Butler as the main characters in that book. But what people forget is that they got married and her name changed to Scarlett Butler. Um, and yet people still really know them by their individual identities. And so for, for us, it was kind of a nod to still keeping our own musical identities, but having this special thing that the two of us can do together. And it's been really fun. Like we've, you know, uh, been able to travel together and sing and just we've been writing songs specifically for this project which has been a really different uh experience for both of us yeah and how it started out was that you know we we, we started writing uh for commercial country and that's actually how we started our our songwriting um you know business was that we had a, a relatively uh big hit with an artist and and so we've gotten to the place now where we're working with artists producing and uh you know we have we run a little record label and so for us to you know it was just sort of like hey why don't we take some of these songs that we've written over the years and and let's release them as a band and and i think as time went on we sort of uh realized that the you know our our duo was turning into something else so we've been really pleased and surprised at how we've been received and it's just been a lot of fun because we get to do it together that's awesome what are some of the songs you guys have written for other artists that maybe people might recognize so the first song that we ever had cut was from a new artist on a new label his name was shane yellowbird and he really hadn't done a whole heck of a lot and we we met him um, in uh, in Saskatoon uh, years back, and we eventually went to Nashville, came back. We we wrote this song and just kind of thought, well, we don't know what it is, and and the song was called Pickup Truck. And uh, you know we we sent it to them, and and basically they they ended up you know saying everybody loves it, uh, we're going to cut it, and we thought, oh. Songwriting's pretty easy, you know. You just kind of write a song and you just send it out. It's like, wow. What do we, people keep complaining about? Yeah, so, you know, we really had no frame of reference because we both weren't in the business. So we really had no understanding of, like, what what any of it meant. And, and that's kind of been the story of our lives has been, like, you know, when something great happens, a lot of times, you know, we, we really haven't had uh, the sort of depth or the context to understand it. So, but besides Shane, uh, Joni's had cuts with uh, the Higgins and Mike Plume. Um, and uh, we've, we've had uh, songs recorded by Brett Kissel, 
um, to, you know, Tennille, Tennille, uh, uh Towns as well has recorded some of our songs. So it's, it's been really great as you, as the years have gone on, we've got to know everybody and, and most of the time. This past year or the last, we wrote a song, uh, for and that was like a, a, a pandemic love song uh, that ended up getting recorded by Dwayne Steele. A co- it was a compilation uh, recording, and so Dwayne Steele, Michelle Wright, Aaron Goodwin, and CBC Heartlands Amber Marshall. Uh, so and then and us. <laughs> so we did a, a compilation recording, and so yeah, that was pretty cool to yeah, have. All, all six of us on the song like kind of we each pair of us took uh took a verse and it was really great because i mean we had just started the duo mm-hmm. and because of course we had all that star power on there you know it ended up going into the billboard top 50 and it was great for us but we also ended up raising a bunch of money for the unison benevolent fund which is a fund that helps artists and people in the music industry when they're down on their luck so we were really glad to be able to to do that during the pandemic and so it was a lot of fun i'm a little starstruck i'm like wow you guys are like absolutely incredible um would you take me on as an artist (laughs) songwriting something (laughs) well and you know we when we work with artists typically what ends up happening is that you know if we when we're when we're starting to work with someone, a lot of times now what we're doing is we're producing and we're writing and sometimes even uh, finding songs for those artists in order for them to have the greatest amount of success. And so a lot of times what I find what, what's, what we're doing is really mentoring, um, you know, artists along the way. So, you know, if you're uh, anybody that's, uh, you know, looking for assistance or looking for help, you know, we're, that's part of the reason why we're involved with the Calgary Songsmiths is because we want to make sure that artists aren't taken advantage of. And uh, because there are a lot of predatorial business practices in the music business, especially for new artists. So you have to be careful. So it's, uh, yeah. yeah. I think there's like, we definitely have like people that we are working with actively on projects. And then I would say we kind of have a mentorship role in the community and that's our way to kind of give back Mm -hmm. to people who were in the same spots we were 18 years ago when we first started where we met exactly. So we still are in that same spot, but this time we know more because we've been through, we've learned a lot of lessons and we can share that knowledge and pay it pay it forward uh, to those folks that are kind of coming up in the music community. And it benefits us as well, because we've had so many people come through the, that songwriting community, like how, who have gone on to do incredible things. And so if we hadn't worked with them in their very, very early days or gotten to know them in their very early days, like it's just, it's wonderful to see those people just killing it on an international stage as well. So I think it's, you know, we all have a role to play in making sure the spokes of the wheel go around and round and that's our way. Yeah. And besides, and besides the Calgary songsmiths, I, I sit on the board for the songwriters association of Canada and also the Canada's music incubator. So I don't know if you guys have ever heard of that program, but it's basically a program that is there to help emerging artists that are putting music out to the world, helping them strategize and make sure that they are taking full advantage of of the uh, of the uh, programs and the funding that we have available. And so, yeah, we're we're involved in that, and that's our give back pro uh, give back to the 
to the uh, industry as much as we can, you know, so. That's awesome. What's yeah. your record label called? Do you guys like have a website? People can yeah, like, so the record label, and the funny thing is, is that we, you know, when we started releasing music, part of the releasing music is like, well, I want to, we want to release music and, and learn how to do this because, you know, if we want to help other artists, you know, maybe this will be a great way to do it. And so we started, uh, you know, we released uh, some songs and it's, uh, it's Reluctant Cowboy Records. So, okay, Reluctant Cowboy. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's, uh, yeah. it's a very glamorous uh, enterprise. Mm -hmm. You're in the middle of it yeah, now. Totally, yeah. <laughs> you know, but I can't like move too much on screen or you'll see the laundry that we need to fold <laughs> so it's important to know yeah. that this is where all the action happens i reluctant yeah. to get the, the good the, and the bad yeah the yeah. wardrobing yeah. also we're in trent's living room right now this is yeah. Sweet. yeah isn't it great to be able to do this from wherever we are yeah. and absolutely spaces that do more than just one thing how how <laughs> wonderful yeah. And that's how this kind of started for us as well. The podcast was in the pandemic. You know, a lot of us didn't have anywhere to play anymore or whatever. So we started to get together and just invite other artists to come out and play for people online. Cause I hated to do online streaming things by myself. Like I just felt really awkward looking at a camera and just singing or whatever. So I'm like, well, why don't we just sit, sit around and pass the guitar around and talk to somebody or whatever. Yeah. That's kind of how this all started for us. But yeah, it's, and like, I love the idea of the podcast when you pitched it to me because I was already uh, promoting other artists on my page rather than, you know, I've seen a, a lot of artists, they would just share their own stuff and just what's kind of going on in their worlds where I'm like, no, 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 there's like all these incredible people that I'm meeting on the road and here's their stuff and here's their page and here's their music or just a video of them. And it's like really great to, to have that all in one place. Now I still do it, but it, you know, like doing it now on the podcast and introducing yeah. others at my platform, like my supporters fans or whatever, yeah. to, uh, introducing all of these artists to them. So yeah, the podcast was just like yeah, I don't have many fans, so we use Chelsea's fans. <laughs> <laughs> right. Lean on Chelsea's. Le I think yeah. it's called leveraging. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Chelsea's right. Love it. Better good. But no, like that's that's a really important thing that you guys do by giving back to the community, teaching younger artists about the different opportunities available, especially grants. Like I helped Chelsea this year secure a grant from the Edmonton Arts Council. Wonderful. We've been working on grants the last couple of years myself, and I try to tell everybody I know that there's money out there to help you keep going in this, like keep doing this. Mm -hmm. And there's ways to do it. You just have to sit down and, you know, I help whoever I can as well, like to learn how to write the grant and what they want to hear or whatever. And, yeah. You know, it's, yeah. It's important, especially in the Indigenous community, I think, because there's not a lot of opportunities, you know, for performances all the time for people coming up and emerging and things yeah. like that so it's it's nice to be able to create space for otherwise and, and i think the other side of it too is you know what you guys are doing is you're providing a portal for people to um you know uh connect with others right and so i think that's how we rise up together is that we connect and you know we can learn from one another if we're not afraid of of you know i think if we lose our fear of of um you know giving that information away and and helping our fellow artists um it, it 
and that's kind of my goal is to you know is to try to give as much as I can so we can see other people have some success and be able to realize their artistic uh, dreams right so I'm very interested to know do you have like a specific formula way of songwriting like how does that the magic happen <laughs> pixie <laughs> dust <laughs> and <laughs> <laughs> bibbity bobbity uh, notes bridge <laughs> bibbity bobbity bridge i like it um yeah you know so when we're i mean we talk a lot about we do kind of do workshops and things like that around songwriting and it's like the one thing i think regardless of the genre so i would say we route for country and so with country there is a very more formulaic approach um, that you kind of have to take in order to fit within the confines of like contemporary radio ready uh, country music. And so we learned that um, mostly by studying songs that were getting recorded and spending some time in Nashville was amazing because I think it raised our bar for like, oh, it has to be that good. And that being said, I don't think either of us believes that the only great place that you can write music is in Nashville. And so I like to say, you know, we are, we are thick with talent in Canada and I don't think you need to necessarily go down there to learn how to write a a great country song, but I do like to study what comes out of there. And I think, so from a formula standpoint, I think we learned what is audience sensitive, what keeps listeners hooked into by learning that commercial uh, format. But I think what we've managed to sort of as we've experimented with different genres, particularly in the last little bit, like folk Americana, I would say roots, we 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 kind of identify with those genres as well, even though we are still putting out music in the contemporary country world and working with contemporary country artists. I think that it's the the songwriting, like all those listener sensitive tricks that we learn from writing for radio that allow us to have songs that really resonate um with uh, fans of folk americana people and it's really more like paying really really strong attention is the chorus awesome does it keep listening are our our lyrics you know accessible but also poetic and i think that is the kind of piece that we get feedback on on our on our show um you know is that we really try to have the songs stand and speak for themselves. And so, yeah, I would say the formula that we try to go for is listener sensitive, you know, stuff that's going to stick with people. And that's what we learned from writing for radio. And I don't think that has to be, I don't think it means that it has to be like simple in, in, in terms of like the, you know, the amount of syllables in the words or anything like that. But I do think I always say to people, cause I personally have a hard time hearing lyrics. When I listen to a song, I really, most of the time, like, it's really hard for me to dial in. It's like, what is he saying? But so for me, I always say to people, it's like, if I can passively listen to it and get what the song's about, I think you've done something good. So I don't think it matters how, what the message is. I think if if I can passively listen to it and, and I can absorb what you're saying, and if you can make it hooky and melodic, then you, I think you've won, you know, so... Um, but yeah, that's not always easy to do. So, yeah, you make it sound so easy. Yeah. Um, 
And you should write something happy. I heard, I learned that a lot of my uh, songs are not happy. Somebody asked. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Is that really that important though? Because yeah. I mean, like we we have a little joke like happy songwriters only get gigs in the circus. So. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Yeah. And, and I think it's really important to to if I've learned anything in the small amount of time that we've been doing this is that. For me personally, I feel like tr the the things that have really put money in my pocket or have created opportunity, most of the time, it's when I'm totally being myself. When when I'm trying to be something or I'm fighting to try to sound like something, it usually it's audible. But I find if I am really just being myself, most of the time, that's the stuff that pays off. So, so did you learn what you need to learn? Not really. I still want to work with you. <laughs> Just come on down, get in the car, and you'll only be, you're only a couple hours away. Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> Chelsea's manager lives in Calgary. Yeah. So she's there every now and then. Awesome. It's on the way. Yeah, it's um, I was just thinking, like, I need to, I'm, gonna, I'm going to be in the studio, actually, like, uh, November 21st to the 25th to record three new songs. Uh, one is incomplete. And I feel like, I don't know, it might just be me second guessing myself. Um, I do like the music that I put out. Uh, I'm not really per se uh, interested in the whole, you know, fame and fortune kind of route, <laughs> you know, mainstream and all of that. I don't mind the independent artist scene um, kind of thing. But you know, I would really, really like a song, like to work with a songwriter um, for some of my music, I think. Cool. And if that's possible, I mean, sure, I can jump in my vehicle today. And <laughs> <laughs> totally. You know? And I think the other side of it, too, is, you know, when you're putting out a record, um, you know, I, I, and I learned this, I think we learned this early on, was that you really need to give yourself permission to to uh, develop and give yourself permission to take that time to discover who you are and what you want to say. Like if I've you know, for all the songs I've I've written, you know, I speak for myself. It's like there's been a ton of songs that you know when I look back on them five years from now, it's like yeah, that's okay. But I think that part of this whole journey is is being okay with like this is where I am today, and. Um, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, there's nothing wrong with taking that because the next time you go out, you're going to you're going to learn. It's like, well, did this work with my audience? Did that work with my audience? Because you just don't know. You know, mm -hmm. you can second guess yourself to death trying to figure out like what the perfect way to say it. But, you know, it's really just a journey, you know, and so I think it's OK to it's OK to uh, take those steps and yeah, and uh, accept where you're at. You know, that I think it's really cool to do that. Yeah. Cool. I agree because I think it's just a moment in time, right? Five yeah. years from now, it's going to be another moment in time. You know, you're yeah. going to have something totally different going on. Yeah, I think that's very true because I think if you don't look back, like we look back all the time and we can see where we started and what we would change. Like there's certain things where you listen to a song that you wrote 10 years ago and you, if you don't look back at that and think about, what you might do differently or what then i feel like i mean just imagine how many more songs have you listened to since 10 years ago and so you look back at those snapshots of where you were but you you've been exposed to so much more music you've been exposed to so many more life experiences 
presumably you've written a ton more songs in that time frame. So it makes sense just like with, as an athlete would, you know, the repetitive motion makes you better. Um, and so it's always good to, I think it's good to look back and be able to spot your weaknesses because it means that you're growing. So, yeah. Yeah. The other thing I could offer you too, is that one of the programs that the songwriters association is launching in, um, in the new year is a, is a pro work songwriter camp. And uh, what that is going to look like is it's going to be pro artists, producers, and uh, songwriters coming together on a weekend uh, on an annual basis to collaborate. And so if that's something you'd be interested in, you know, you should get Trent to send me your email and phone number and I can add you to that list. And essentially what it is about is it's a three-day camp with other artists, songwriters, and producers, and you collaborate. And what what the wonderful part about that is you'll get to meet people in your area and and you can collaborate afterwards too. And we do that here in Calgary as well. So in our studio. So well that's awesome. So you're gonna send me a link and I'm gonna share one of your songs. What yeah so the it's our it's our new single Big Vacation. Um and we, we it was it was written a while back and again you know this is our our duo was, has really been about uh, you know sharing songs that that felt like us, and so the song is really about no matter where we go, um, life is good. So, um, and we just finished a video about it. And did you want to share something about that? The video. Yeah. So our video uh, shoot took us all over Alberta. We visited over fifty locations across Alberta, and it was basically us traveling around in our SUV. <laughs> And standing in the exact same spot in front of all of these glamorous locations, including the giant pierogi and uh, beautiful waterfalls and all these incredible spots that make up Alberta and lip syncing our, our song, which I like to call that tour, the good, the bad and the awkward, because I mean, let me just tell you. Lip syncing in front we we in front of the big pierogi as an example, um, which is actually in Glendon, Alberta. For those of you who have not been, it's awesome. It's right there on Pierogi Drive. Um, there was like a, an event happening of a hundred people and like a polka band. So we literally were lip sync. We were like, we got to get the shot. It's getting late. We got to, you know, so we're literally standing in front of the world's largest pierogi and lip syncing our song and literally like 10 seconds into our lip syncing, the band kicks in. So now we're trying to lip sync to our song that is like, being quite drowned out by like and an, the rhythm's all different like, and we're uh, like, <laughs> serious we're, po- we're trying to like focus on serious our- polka yeah. uh polka yeah. music happening so we uh had like <laughs> super met some really cool people along the way saw some parts of alberta we had never been to and we literally and then other places that we had been to but we had really been maybe just to play a show and like a quick in and out or just driving through and you know, stop for gas and we this time got to stop and see kind of like the crown jewel of these communities um, and got to talk to like people who live there and shop in their grocery stores. And it was a really fun experience. Yeah, so really it was great. our, so. it was our summer vacation, but so you can check that out on our yeah. pages too. So we just released that video. And so it's just out and we're sort of just doing our little, you know, ad campaigns and, <laughs> and press releases right now. So yeah. Right on.
Sometimes when life is too hard, I just get in the car with you. And I just find us a road, and wherever we go, your blue eyes seem to always send me to far off places that I've never been before. I swear there's days when I just want to throw up my hands, but then you're there. And you talk me down off the ledge and somehow again you take me somewhere better. There's a change in the weather when we're together. Cause being with you is like a big vacation. All we gotta do is find a radio station and turn it up loud. And there ain't a cloud in the sky. When you're by my side, it's like I'm down in Mexico soaking in the sun rays. It's just like Jamaica, knee deep in the cool waves. It's hard to explain, but my only explanation is being with you is like a big vacation. We go. For weeks where there just isn't one single minute to spare And I know we dream of a day when I'll take you away from here But till then, no use crying I'll keep you warm and smiling Like we're off on some island Cause being with you is like a big vacation All we gotta do is find a radio station And turn it up loud And there ain't a cloud in the sky when you're by my side, it's like I'm down in Mexico soaking in the sun rays. It's just like Jamaica, knee deep in the cool waves. It's hard to explain, but my only explanation is being with you is like a big vacation. It's all 6 a.m. stack of bills, gray skies, and beeping horns and breakdowns. Till you come around. Being with you is like a big vacation. All we gotta do is find a radio station and turn it up loud. And there ain't a cloud in the sky. When you're by my side, it's like I'm down in Mexico soaking in the sun rays. It's just like Jamaica, knee deep in the cool waves. It's hard to explain, but my only explanation. Well, it's hard to explain, but my only explanation is being with you is like a big vacation. you have musical influences when you grew up like I, I grew up playing in a family band so my influences were obviously my, my dad and some uncles or whatever but I was just wondering if you guys had similar experiences anybody in your family that was musical or anything like that 
Yeah, so on my mom uh, has 15 brothers and sisters, and uh, they all play, uh, many of them, many of them play guitar and sing uh, lots of, that's how I learned how to sing harmonies, is just like huge, a lot of my cousins as well are playing, at, so I kind of, I think, you know, it was named after a country music song, uh, Don't Cry Joni by Tom Conway Twitty. And so, you know, for sure, country music's been in my blood for a long, long time. Um, and you too. Yeah, and, and my parents used to play, um, you know, because there was a time back in the day when you could actually make a living going out and singing in bars. It was like a thing. So my um, and so my parents were in a band and they... I grew up listening to music, but I always kind of was like, I don't know if I want to, I don't know if I want to do music for a living. It's like, you know, that's a hard life, you know? And so <laughs> as time, you know, that, that's, yes, where we, you that, look so... that, that's where we get the reluctant cowboy <laughs> uh, thing, you know? So, but I grew up, um, yeah, I grew up around instruments and, and listening to my parents uh, play middle of the road uh, genre music uh, in smoky bars all over Alberta. So his mom was a, and really talented bass player yeah. uh, and his stepdad uh, played uh, guitar as well. And they traveled all over together and it's, it's yeah. really sweet. Yeah. It's really, really cool. Kurt has arrived. Hello. Hello. Hey. Okay. Start the interview. Number two. <laughs> Let's restart from the beginning here. No. What did you miss? No, uh, no, I'm sorry. What I time I was born. A, a tire that was flat this morning, but wow. See, it's been so long. Yeah. I, I even like, my vehicle is uh, actually <laughs> wobbling on the way here. I was like, I didn't oh, notice that yesterday. <laughs> I had to put a battery in my Jeep yesterday. Winter is here. Winter <laughs> is here. Yeah, that's some serious... Uh, truck problems so yeah. <laughs> yeah transportation issues okay so troy you were saying your parents played in a band did they play in like the central alberta area did they play all over they kind of played all over and you know i remember my mom was saying that um that when she decided to you know get a day job and and uh quit the music thing she had one whole year of bookings and it was like seven days a week yeah. And she actually gave that to an artist. Like, I, I can you just imagine, like, saying, hey, Trent, like, I got a year's worth of shows, like, seven days a week. I can't do it anymore. Like, I mean, that's not even a thing anymore. But, um, but yeah, that's where, you know, that's where she learned to play uh, bass and to sing. And, man, like, she... I, she used to come to... I used to host open mics when I first started getting into the music business. And she'd come out... And she'd play bass and she would absolutely slay the room because it's like, here's this, you know, 60-year-old woman coming in there and she would just freaking like lean into a a song and playing bass and, and singing. And she, I mean, she was a pro. Like, she was just so good. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. No, so yeah, we had similar backgrounds. My dad was a barroom entertainer for his whole life. That's all he ever did. So right. Yeah. I used to go unload gear Sundays at the bars. At eight years old, when the bars were closed, go go in there, run around the bar, steal pop from the pop machine. <laughs> Sometimes it wasn't pop. Uh, yeah, Who knows? You know, it's like. Yeah. But yeah, no, it was fun. It was a good, good, uh, good upbringing for sure. And it is tough too. Like life as a musician, my parents never had any money, so that's yeah. definitely for sure. But yeah. It didn't, it didn't scare me away, you know, because I, I've never had money. So, you know, 
Having a little bit is better than none. Right. <laughs> you, you, don't, you don't know what you're missing. It's like, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's what I always say. I don't know what it's like to have money. So what am I yeah. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. I like that. Yeah. So, no, Kurt, you got any questions? Yeah, just, uh, you know, tell, I, I'm just, I'm kind of new here, like with you guys. I'm also a musician myself and, uh, you know, traveling around to, you know, many different communities and stuff. And, you know, it's uh, music I, I find for myself when I'm writing music or I'm, you know, creating music, it's for healing. But a little bit lately, I've been like, uh, writing songs for comedy, actually. And I wrote a song uh, that's called um, In Indigenous Creatures, just kind of making fun of that, uh, poking fun of the uh, ABC newscast that um, had, uh, you know, called us creatures or whatever. Right. But uh, I find music and, and writing uh, as a healing tool. What do you guys feel about, you know, when you're writing songs? Where does it come from and what inspires you? I, I think for me personally, I think what inspires me is is my own sort of when I can when I see something in my life or when when I, uh, you know, sometimes I well because I think the basis of what mostly I, I'm created is either like the depths of despair or like the whatever the stupidest thing comes out of my head. So like. I, I kind of like I find that a lot of my songs are like either like like crazy dark or like like just ridiculous. So you know we had I have this one song. It's called A Flat Minor, and it's literally about like it's about a, a minor that was crushed by by a um, by a, by a, a piece of uh, rock. But it's like it's the goofiest song that I've ever written. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's called A flat minor, and it's written in the key of A flat minor. So I've got that, and then you know I've got other songs that are you know were were you know really about some heavy stuff in my past, and and so I think what inspires me personally a lot of times is is the um, you know sort of the the opposite ends of my emotions, you know. So uh, and and if if it's not that, it's I find it's kind of it's a lot of work, <laughs> you know. I would say for me like. 90% of my songs are about getting dumped. So, I mean, the good, <laughs> the good news is, like, I have to go pretty far back into the well uh, to, to draw on that. But um, I feel like, you know, because I feel like, well, we – we're still together after 18 years, so I don't have any recent dumpings. But, um, <laughs> but the nice thing is, rejection can come from many forms. You can yeah. be rejected at work. You can be rejected socially. Welcome to the music business. You can be rejected there, too. So I feel like those are universal and relatable themes that I find, like, I, it, it's... I think the goal for me for songwriting is to write about my life in such a way that other people can see their own experiences. And as the biggest, I think, compliment as a songwriter is when somebody comes up and be like, and says, you know, that's so my life. That song that you wrote about this situation is just so my life right now. And so I think that we all feel the same things. Um, we, we all kind of go through the same human experience and the same emotions, even if our circumstances are slightly different. There's these relatable emotions that keep us all bound together. And I think that's, to me, what songwriting really is, is to explore that in a way that's true to you, but might be true to other people. No, true. I, I totally uh, feel that. And, you know, most of my songs have either come from heartbreak or from something exciting or something that's even socially going on, 
you know, um, that's around us, uh, you know, especially as Indigenous people, you know. So, um, you know, when you're writing uh, songs, um, do you guys have a feeling of a song that's going to touch other people? Like, you know, I, I know that you have helped write Pickup Truck, you know, and that was a big one. Did you feel like uh, any sort of, you know, feelings and stuff when those those special songs come to you? You know, is there something uh, is there something different with, with, with those feelings? Well, I think, you know, uh, this is the truth, is that when, when I first got into the songwriting thing, I would say the biggest thing that motivated me was ego. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm not, this is not Joni's, I'm talking me. <laughs> like, why, I, I why are you say, looking at me? No, like... no, I just didn't want you to be lumped <laughs> in. Like, right? I, didn't, I didn't want you to, I wasn't pointing fingers at you. I, I'm taking accountability. For <laughs> so the, I think the biggest motivator for me was ego. Um, and, and not in a really sort of, uh, you know, um, terrible way but i think just in a normal way it's like ooh, we can get on the radio and and there was that that kind of um you know sort of headspace that i was in but interestingly enough when i was working with shane i'm metis but i spent a lot of time and my mom spent a lot of time sheltering me from um from the culture and sheltering me from our family where there was a lot of addiction problems and things like that so when I was touring with Shane, one of the first things we did was we went and we played at the Aboriginal People's Choice Award. We performed there and it was wonderful. But what I noticed right away was that the artists that were involved in that music industry, their kind of primary focus was trying to say something that was meaningful and impactful, something that was personal to them but that they were really trying to do something with their music that would go sort of beyond Hey, I'm on the radio. Look how cool I am. And mm-hmm. it was a really eye-opening experience for me because I was like, wow, first of all, these people were amazing and positive and creative and talented. But I also kind of shone a mirror on myself to say, like, you know, I need to do, I need to think about doing something like that in the future. And I think a lot of what, you know, I'm I'm doing now and a lot of what we're trying to do in the future is is to is to lean a little bit more on that side of things and to try to um, you know, impart some of our own experiences into these songs, you know, sort of beyond, um, you know, the, because I think there can, there is a trap or there is a, there is a, um, a possibility of, of starting to, you know, allow your ego or your, um, you know, your successes dictate your, your path, you know, so. And just, you know, to answer your question about like, do you know it when you did, did we know it when we felt, when we saw it? Uh, yeah in our own material. I think, you know, I would say we're thousands between the two of us, we're thousands of songs into our songwriting career. And does every single song give you that special feeling? No, because I think we're kind of like song parents, right? Like, you know, in in a in a way they're all they're all different. And they're all, you know, can you love any of your babies, your song babies differently than another one? I think they all are special and you you know, love it. And you just hope nobody gives your song baby an ugly haircut and all of that stuff. (laughs) But I think there are certain moments where it's like, it's a little bit like a golf swing. I'm a terrible golfer. And every once in a while I'll hit a ball and I'm like, Oh, that went really far and it feels good. (laughs) And you forget that you hate golfing. Um, So (laughs) to me, I think songwriting 
every once in a while you do you feel a special connection to a song like um and i i personally believe i'm a spiritual person and i believe that you know sometimes it's inspiration and sometimes it's perspiration and there are certain songs that you really have to dig in mind for and and even even after you've put the sweat into it it hasn't fully revealed itself yet but then there's other times where it's just like you're just the lucky person who got to write it down that day it was just floating around and you're the one that it came to and you you downloaded it from wherever wherever it comes from and uh so we've had those moments i feel the closest connection to some of those songs because it just feels like such a gift in your life and the hope is that that's given to you for a reason because and then what do you do with it right and make making sure that you honor that gift by putting it out into the world so somebody else can enjoy it besides you yeah no i totally agree and you know i think that that's our relationship usually you know with with indigenous people and most of our tribes is is music is healing uh, first and foremost, music is for other people. Um, and even our dancing, you know, when we danced, it was to heal our, our jingle dance, our grass dance, our storytelling, all those things. And I think there's a huge connection in that because a lot of times when I'm starting to write a song, I'll feel a certain way. And then after or if I'm performing, whatever I'm doing, it'll actually lift me up and, and help help like heal me, uh, you know, help heal the the inside if I if I need it. So, yeah, I totally feel you on that. And that's kind of where I write my songs from is, is a, I guess, a healing standpoint for myself. And hopefully it'll be able to, uh, you know, reach other people the same way. It's wonderful. Awesome. For me, my life feels like I'm telling a really crazy story of what I went through. You know what I mean? Like, without being all, like, dark and, like, sad about it kind of thing. Um, I guess it's just, like, I I don't really have a formula. It's just, like, right now talking to you, I'm like, yeah, I need to write a song about ADHD, but more like the Shania Twain's, like, my car won't start, it's falling apart. Sort yeah. Of <laughs> yeah, I did the whole time. I'm, like, just thinking that. And I'm like, yeah, I think I really need to write that. Um, I wrote a song about domestic violence, and it doesn't sound like a song about domestic violence. Uh, the last song that I put out, I was like, I want it to be, you know, uh, it's a sad song, but I wanted, you know, people to two-step to that, you know, crying two-step, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't all have to be a downer, right? Like, there's different reasons, you know, like, even if it has a serious message, that it doesn't mean that it doesn't doesn't have to have a vibe or uh, like a tempo right yeah we are actually writing a song right now called dad you're too old for tiktok so <laughs> <laughs> i love that that it, could go viral that, yeah. it's, a, it's a kid's perspective on seeing their parents video being like oh my god right that <laughs> <laughs> my awesome. kids, my, both my kid, like my my oldest son, he's twenty five. So like, he's like, Dad, what's going on here? Like, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. so, yeah, I love it. That's so good. Yeah, and I think it's important too. Like, it, no matter what you do, I think as long as you're really true to yourself, you know, and that and that you're telling your story and your perspective, and however you spit that out. Um, you know, I think that's our job really is to try to find the, the, the best way to articulate our emotions and, and what we're experiencing, because ultimately you sing the song about domestic abuse, but it's like, somebody's going to hear that and you're going to help them, you know, connect 
and have closure? Are you going to help them realize what they're going through? And, you know, maybe they're going to take action or maybe they're going to grieve or maybe they're going to, you know, reflect on where they're at. And I mean, that's really what you're doing when you're creating music, I believe, is is you're helping that process. And so it's however you end up doing it. Um, it's wonderful. So. Tell us what you guys got coming up. I don't know if you shared that with, with no. these two yet, but tell us what shows you got coming up and what's your goals for the upcoming upcoming summer and all that. We're starting to book up, I guess, for next year now. So and I know you guys got to leave up. right away because you got to be you got something else at two o'clock. So you know, if you want to wrap it up with this last question, that's fine with us. And sure. thank you so much for uh, spending time with us today. Season two, episode one, our yeah. first guests. Woo! Yes. Yeah, and I think the next year for us, we've got a couple things uh, lined up. One thing is we've got uh, um, an invite to the Folk Alliance International in Kansas City. Hey. Yeah. And so that we're really excited about that. 
Because we love ribs and yeah. like <laughs> that's the big draw for yeah. us. Like we're there for the snacks. Like yeah, totally. Be clear about that. Yeah, and I, and I think you know part of that is really like I had mentioned previously is that, you know, we started this band just releasing songs that we had written for others and thinking, well, who knows what's going to happen? And, and it's turned into, um, you know, us um, looking at our duo as a, as a vehicle to not only do that, but also to write songs and to perform as us. And so I don't know, it's turned into a lot more than we expected it to. So I think the next year is going to see us writing songs for this project that are more kind of in line with who we are and 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 allow us to harmonize and do all the things we want to do musically but then also help us uh you know uh get our foot a little bit more into the folk world because we really resonated with that community uh trent and myself were and joni were at the um uh, arts touring alliance a couple weekends ago in fort saskatchewan and that community is absolutely unbelievable. And, and so there's a lot of opportunities to perform to a listening audience and to, you know, to have some real, real fun, uh, you know, digging your teeth into the songwriting side of it and performing. So that's probably going to take up a lot of our time in the next, uh, next year or so. That's awesome. That's beautiful. Yeah. Well, I better book some time with it with you too soon. Yeah. It's been wonderful having you guys on the show. Super inspired. Thank you so much. Really needed all of that, like this yeah. whole interview. Like we take a lot from the interviews that that uh, from you know interviewing all these artists and what they're doing and stuff. We us too. We get inspired by. I steal my ideas from them. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So uh, hopefully we'll get to connect soon. Um, any last words, guys? Make oh. sure you get some of that uh, when you go out there. Get some of that uh, that rib rub. If Ooh. you go to restaurants, they sell all their their uh, their ingredients, man. You can put it at home. You can make your own at home. <laughs> I will I'll pack an extra carry on yeah, just for that because I love yes. I like to run the smoker in this family. Yeah. So. Hey. <laughs> yeah, I'm a baby pit boss. Yeah, there you go, there you go. Well, there's yeah, like I said, when I, I was lucky enough to go out to uh, Memphis and enjoy some of the restaurants and stuff there, and yeah, they they have all their barbecue sauces. They have their yeah, they have everything there. You'll have love fun. It. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, awesome. All right, thanks again, guys. We'll talk soon. You're listening to Do You Hear Me Now? Amplifying Indigenous Voices. Join us each and every week where we have a new artist from Indigenous music's past, present, and future.